Greetings, friends. It's your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Mann of How To Wrestling fame. You're about to listen to our live episode that was recorded at the London Podcast Festival 2018, where Joe and I look at all of wrestling's couples, kayfabe and shoot. We're going to be looking at can you find romance in the world of professional wrestling? And hey, if you weren't able to come and check out the live show, but you still want to support How To Wrestling and get access to a whole shed load of bonus content, why not check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling you can get immediate access to over 50 bonus episodes where joe and i do things like pay-per-view reviews going all the way back to 2015 side ventures and our how to revisited series where we go back and add to the story of some of our earliest episodes our latest one re-examining brock lesnar has just dropped and of course as well you'll be getting the wwe evolution pay-per-view review as well we'll be dropping exclusively for backers as well very shortly hear joe's opinions on one of the most important pay-per-views in WWE history as well as supporting your show and getting access to a lot of content if you want to support us you can do so patreon.com forward slash wrestling becoming just a five dollar backer will support the show help it get made and get you all that bonus content as well but for now enjoy this it is our live episode from the London Podcast Festival it's time for How To Couples And welcome to the second ever live edition of How To Wrestling! Uh, if you're unaware, it's the world's, world's first wrestling podcast detailing how to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling, goodness knows maybe even how to enjoy wrestling, and today, how to love wrestling! Does anyone in the room love wrestling? Well, that's good. Uh, I am joined, as always, my name is Kevin, by my better half, my best pal, and my co-host, Miss Joanna Graham. Hello. The question we're going to try and answer today is, can you find love in the world of professional wrestling? Joe is going to be looking at some real-life examples, and I'm going to be dipping into the murky waters of kayfabe and to swim through all the bin water and find true love and happiness once and for all. Joe, I'm going to start off by asking you, when you first got into wrestling, did you find it to be a romantic place? Hmm. <laughs> now, considering our very first episode was on John Cena, no, not really. Not the most romantic of uh, industries, no. Do you think that you'll be able to prove to me, though, through some real-life examples tonight, that you think that real love can find a way? I mean, I think real love can find a way. Yeah. I'm not sure that romance within the world of actual kayfabe wrestling is such a good idea 
I don't know, because I have this feeling when a bunch of really sweaty, middle-aged white guys get in a room and really put their heads together, they come up with some really good romance, you know? They're the best at booking love stories, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the same thing that brought us Brookside, so surely it would, you know, <laughs> it's going to work in the real life. So what we're going to do is we're going to break with tradition a little bit here tonight, because uh, I know nothing about real love whatsoever. <laughs> so Joe is going to be introducing some people to real-life romances, and then I'm going to be counteracting with quite frankly, superior kayfabe romances. <laughs> and we'll maybe see then which can find a way through through love and happiness. Uh, Joe, you want to take us off and start things off? Who's your, your heavy hitter? You've got some main event players here in love, and I want to see who you're going to come at me with first. Well, okay, seeing as we're going to go straight to the main event, let's start off with John Cena and Nikki Bella. Ooh. The Ross and Rachel of WWE. <laughs> <laughs> Will they, won't they get together? We just don't know, but probably not. He doesn't want children. I think we can. <laughs> that that. The man knows what he wants. Yeah, you were saying to me that if it was like friends, it'd be great because then he could finally marry Nikki and they'd be like, take the Brie and then make a big mistake <laughs> and we'd get a few episodes out of that. So, John and Nikki Bella, let's have a look at some pictures here. You tell me why these two... Well, actually, first, I want to start with a video. Oh, video. Of just symbolising their relationship. This video, I think, it sums it up so perfectly. Okay. Um, honestly, I can't show you anything better than, than this video. It, it does it everything I could possibly say. Okay, let's take it away then. Uh, Ash, we get that video lined up. Roll that bean footage. <laughs> then I'm going to ask you the question. John, Cena, will you marry me? Nicole, I do. Not ever want to marry you, because it will damage my brand. Don't you get it? My motto is hustle, loyalty, respect, because I hustle the fans by pretending to be something I'm not. I'm loyal to myself, and the people who do what I tell them to do when I tell them to do it, and I respect one thing, money. And all I want you to do is be by my side and make me look like a good person. And the second you don't, I will broom you into the gutter like everyone else who thinks I'm a good person. I always say, never give up. But that's not motivation for other people. That is a reminder that if I do give up my spot, a more deserving, a more talented superstar will take it. The day is coming at WrestleMania. It's too real, man. The Miz and Maurice are going to humiliate us in front of millions of people, and I'll have no choice but to fade into obscurity. Do you think that I want you around after that as a reminder of my failure? I'm not gonna marry you because I don't love you. Jesus. I only love myself. I'm not a real person, I'm a lie, I'm a ghost. Do you know why? Because you can't see me. Because there's nothing here. Let's see. That is stone cold. At the time, I thought that was really unfair and unreasonable, but since I've watched Total Bellas, it's just the most accurate thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that that's is their relationship. Word for word verbatim, John actually did say that off yeah, camera once. Yeah, all of that. 
and they just ran with it. Thought it was a good good job. I mean, they look like they're in love. These kids. They've had a little bit of a rocky uh, rocky go of it, Joe, right? I mean, like, what's happened with their relationship with John and Nikki? It's, yeah, it's been a tumultuous time. Um, it's difficult because Nikki Bella, she wanted kids. John didn't. You know, that's, that's enough of a roadblock in any relationship. Well, I mean, <laughs> the king and queen right the there, let me couple. tell you. I mean, the thing, though, about them is that I think they were destined for failure because they set themselves up on this big uh, pedestal, right? Did anyone remember what happened to WrestleMania the other year? Yeah, we had a public proposal on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania. That's pretty big. Other than proposing at the Oscars, they don't get much bigger than that. And Joe, I was just wondering like, what your thoughts are on these kind of like these public spectacles, these public proposals in front of a huge crowd of people and all that. Like, what are your takes on that? What, like, do I think it's romantic? Yeah, do you think it's romantic? No, I don't think it's romantic at all. I honestly I hate the idea of public proposals. I think they're just like the most obnoxious. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're, they're stupid. They're dumb. They're dumb. What kind of an idiot would do that? Yeah, they're really yeah, dumb. Yeah, don't, um, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> so stupid. So, yeah, John, he proposed at WrestleMania, which, you know, if you like big statement proposals, that's about as big as it gets. Yeah. And I think for a while that won Nikki over. But ultimately, mm. she still wanted kids. John didn't. That's and ultimately, a, John didn't want to get married. And that's the problem. After you propose, you that's an issue to, to overcome. That's a hurdle it in is. any relationship. And then they, got, they broke up about a month before the wedding, which is quite sad. Mm. But then after they broke up, John, he spent some time alone. He filmed Blockers. Have they all seen Blockers? <laughs> a great movie. And I reckon when he was filming Blockers, because he plays the role of a dad, I think he changed his mind. I think he wanted kids. But my theory is he gave her an ultimatum, which is if we have kids, that's fine, but I'm not giving up my career to look after them. You've got to do that. Which is why I think then they got back together for a bit and then they broke up again because, you know, understandably, she doesn't want to leave her career behind either. Yeah, and Nikki Bella has recently come out with a quote saying, eh, I don't want kids, they're gross. <laughs> So uh, she doesn't want kids now anymore. Yeah, no, she's changed her mind. Yeah, he's a persuasive one, that John Cena. He's won her over in a, in a roundabout way and also broken up with her. Do you think he cut a promo at any point in their relationship on why they shouldn't have children? Probably, almost definitely. Can you imagine how intimidating that would be? Yes, she probably would make her... I think he's made her cry at least oh, 20 times. Oh, come on. More than that. Like 20 times a day. But John's been taking the breakup well, though, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Let's, can, we, can we see the picture of John post-breakup? He's doing really well. He's doing super, super well, John. There he is. <laughs> Looking like a sack of meats. Mark Wahlberg's dad's taking the divorce well. <laughs> okay, I'm going to counteract with you, Joe. Okay, I'm going to find someone from Kayfabe that I think is, quite frankly, terribly romantic indeed, okay? We got any fans here of the big red machine? I'm talking about the devil's favorite demon, Kane. Yeah? Okay, Joe, how would you describe Kane? For he's, people who wouldn't know? He's a demon. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very tall. He's yeah. the mayor of Knoxville. Yeah, there you go, that's pretty much it. Now, guess how many lovers Kane, who is a masked figure, who technically was burnt, but then wasn't. Uh, how many lovers he has accrued in his short tenure in the World Wrestling Federation in WWE? Seven lovers. Are you serious? He's like Seven. Ramona Flowers or something of wrestling. <laughs> Why? Seven brides for The Undertaker's brother is what we've got here going on, folks. Let's bring up bri bride number one, okay? Kane first struck up a romance with AJ Lee, okay? No. Not only did he fall in love with AJ Lee, she cosplayed as him the next week. 
Seriously? I, yeah, power play right there. Cosplaying as your boyfriend, you're going to get right in there. You can power the that. relationship. For this live show, I should have gotten a beard and the glasses, <laughs> panda shirt. Yeah, you can pull it off. Pretty good. Coming on okay. the His second uh, lover that he's taken here in our list, uh, he was with very briefly attached to Kelly Kelly. It's a very romantic image that we have here. They seem deeply in love. Well, what happened was there was a rumor going around that Kelly Kelly had a crush on a WWE superstar. And Kane, big player that he is, was like, obviously it's me because I'm a stone cold slab of beef right here. And then it turned out that she actually had a crush on Randy Orton. And Kane just started stalking her then, you know? Pretty much what goes and happens if you, you know, reject Randy Orton, Kane's going to come after you. He's stalked a lot of people, has Kane. He is. It's, it's an effective strategy in wrestling. I would not recommend it in real life. Yeah, don't stalk your potential love interest. It worked for Brock Lesnar and no one else. Yeah, no one else. <laughs> Anything Brock Lesnar does, do the opposite of that. That's a good way to live your life. Okay, number three. Kane attached to uh, Amy Dumas, a.k.a. Lita. I can't believe how many pictures there are of Kane actually making out with these poor women. He's a great kisser. I mean, come on, you can rub that head. It's fucking beautiful. So Kane decided that he wanted to have a demon child, and so he impregnated Lita. And then they obviously got married after that. I have a so, question. You know, yeah. Would that not make the child half demon? Well, you're saying the demon is like kind of it's a recessive trait. It only comes through yeah. one generation. Well, you think he's going to have a full demon child with a ha like a half demon? He, he, she's a woman. Well, I thought that human being. He's he, a demon. I thought he's a half demon. Is he a half demon? Well, he's not got his mask here, so that's got to remove some demon points, surely. So the demon powers are in the clothes. Figuratively, I'm assuming, not literally. I'm just trusting you. You're the expert. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> Okay, bring it up next. This is probably one of Kane's greatest lovers. We're talking about Tori here. Tori, one of Kane's greatest lovers. There we go. That is the most romantic picture of Kane that is on the internet. Just a nice hug there going on. So Kane fell in love with uh, Tori, but then Tori, because this was written during the Attitude Era, and women usually took a very narrow kind of view of things, uh, Tori ended up telling Kane that everyone was, was creeping on her and would get him to go kill people. And Kane didn't know any better. So quite tragic and terrible, terrible behavior from this, this horrible woman here. Uh, number five, not Terry, but, oh, it is Terry, yeah, not Tori, but Terry. Now, they just made out a few times, they had a kind of a casual thing going here, and the reason was, according to Kane, was that chicks dig the mask. <laughs> so any guys out there like me are kind of thinking, maybe, you know, I've tried everything in the, in the world of love. Try getting a half mask that you can still kiss through. It's a very effective tool. Number six, he was also briefly entangled with China, aka Jody Lawler there, who also again was manipulating him to be up other people. You can see a bit of a recurring trend. Why would here. she need to do that? Well, look at her. She clearly can't take care of herself. She has a bazooka. <laughs> she does have a bazooka, yeah, right? You don't need a demon if you have a bazooka. And, of course, there's one love for Kane that stands out above all as the greatest love story ever told. Don't, you don't know what it's going to be. It could be anything. Yeah! Katie Vick. I, I can't think believe you've made me think about Katie Vick at this I, live show. I noticed that you've turned around and looked at the picture. I, I saw a glimpse and I remember it well. Well, there you go. I fired my first shot of true love there. Uh, top that is all I can say. Are you serious? Okay, this will make the next one easy because my next OTP is Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. Oh, okay. Okay, I, I appreciate the that. The most unlikely couple in wrestling. Definitely. I think we can all agree. I mean, yeah, I would definitely agree. And it was a difficult one for a lot of us wrestling fans to accept that our favorite wrestler 
fell in love with a Bella twin. Look at him, it's why he doesn't even look like a wrestler. No, he looks like a geography Anyone in the teacher. crowd here who doesn't? <laughs> is there anyone who doesn't watch wrestling here? Very few. But he is a wrestler. Just, just trust me, okay? God, you got such romantic pictures. I know. I really looked hard for them. So yeah, Daniel Bryan, he was one of the best independent wrestlers probably in the world. Yeah. But at the time when they met, he was only a mid-carder in WWE. And their unlikely relationship, you know, he's sober. She's Brie Bella. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the phrase Brie mode, which comes from the time she got ridiculously drunk and threw up on herself. So, you know, match made in heaven. Very much so, yeah. I mean, do you know how they got paired originally on television? I do. Can I tell the story? Please do. So... During an angle, Daniel Bryan was talking about how he was a vegan, and then the Bella twins overheard him, but they misheard the word vegan and thought he said virgin. <laughs> so, logically, they started a competition to see who could get him to have sex with either one of them first, but then it turned out he was in a relationship with Gail Kim. Whoa! And then they had this whole three-way, I don't know, competition about who could steal Daniel Bryan away? Wait, so this is no longer a love triangle. This becomes like a love rhombus, basically, or a love square, love basically. Square. Yeah, it's wow. a love square. That's so funny that Vince McMahon thought that the coolest way to get Daniel Bryan over was to just three women fight over him. Mm. I think that won over a lot of wrestling fans, really, at the end of the day, that one. But, like, the nice thing about that is Brie Bella fell in love with him during that. Aww. He fell in love with her during that. It's like the worst angle ever and the best thing to come out of it. All I'll say about... Anyone who's a naysayer about Daniel Bryan and, and Brie Bella, watch Total Bellas. Those two are so in love, yeah. it makes my teeth hurt. It is so <laughs> sweet. They are ridiculously good for each other. They are. They're very cute. Okay, can I come at you with some stone cold romance right here? Sure. Okay, there's a lot of lonely men out there. And maybe those lonely men think that the best person for them is an older woman. And there's sometimes in wrestling, love, fi love finds a way. Stop it. I'm talking about Vicky Guerrero and Edge, yeah! This is fabulous, right? This angle, uh, Vicky Guerrero, who was the widow of Eddie Guerrero, after Eddie Guerrero passed away, she started appearing on TV quite a bit, and she's really great in her role as like, as a, as a bad guy general manager. Now what they wanted to do originally was have this like young diva search girl called uh, Crystal Marshall play the role of like she was going to be the general manager and Edge was going to sneak his way in there. And she left the company saying, no, this is gross. I'm not doing this weird like Bonnie and Clyde sexy romance. It's really weird. I've got a husband. So Vicky Guerrero was put in and Edge, the consummate professional, did everything from nude photo shoots to this woman to making out with her. It was absolutely fabulous. However, like most things in wrestling, it turned out that he was just doing it to get an advantage, and she got back at him by hooking up with Dolph Ziggler. Boom. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> He's the honk, right? Yes. Ah. Thank you, thank you. A rebound honk at the very least. Okay, okay yeah, he's a rebound honk. Okay, that I'll may not be that. the most romantic one. I've got a much more romantic, but the same dynamic. I'm talking about an older lady, yeah? Uh, yes, an older lady with a younger gentleman with a heart of gold. Okay, I'm talking about Bonnie Mae Young and sexual chocolate Mark Henry. Yeah, love lifts us up where we love. Okay, so these two, a very unlikely romance, you could, you could obviously, because May obviously is a total player. Mark, I don't know, like, you know, I don't know if he can handle himself. 
But these two struck up a romance, and frequently on TV, while I was a child, uh, I had to watch lengthy backstage segments where these two... <laughs> I can explain that. Uh, where these two would be like in bed with each other, eating edible underwear, having a great time. It was implied that they had a smoking hot sex life. And she got pregnant at 78 years old, and she gave birth to a hand. <laughs> can you go back to the picture, Ash, so Joe can see the hand, the child grown up. That is Mae Young's son there. It was a hand. Wait. What? <laughs> Wait, so she gave birth to a fully grown man in a hand suit? No, no, it was or... just a hand. I was going to show the video, but I was like, no, I can't deal with walkouts during the live show. So it was like a, a mannequin hand covered in gelatin came out. And it, was, it went on for like five minutes. Like it was far in and bleh, and then a hand came out at the end. Why? Now, that's, that's the thing, right? There was a couple of viewpoints in this. Number one that she was an old woman and therefore it was a risky pregnancy. And you know about the certain risks when you're trying to give birth over a certain age. Obviously, over the age of 70, a legitimate risk is giving birth to a hand. <laughs> Fair point. But when we did our episode of this, uh, in the Attitude Era podcast, we got a lot of people going, obviously, obviously it's a sex toy from the 1950s that's been left up there and she's given birth to it. Obviously. <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe like only the hand had fully developed and then the rest of the body just didn't and then maybe it overcompensated for the l lack of rest of the body by growing into... No, I can't explain that. No. <laughs> no growing idea. into your man from Friday Night Dinner is what it's growing into. <laughs> so, so there you go. That's pretty much as, as heartwarming as it gets. Do your worst. <laughs> Point out that fantastic sign. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's see that here. Let me have a look at that. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, yes, let's give Mark and May a big hand, everyone, please. <laughs> True love in, uh, in professional wrestling. Very good job. Excellent. Uh, so all I'll say to you now, Joe, is do your worst. Do my worst. Well, no, actually do really good because we've got a bit of a crowd here. <laughs> well, my couples are all genuinely nice couples, except oh, yeah. for John and Nikki. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, my next one's very cute. It's The Miz and Maurice. Oh. Woohoo. Miz and, and Maurice. They're very, they're very cute couple. They're, very they're cute one couple. of my OTPs, I think, and they have a quite a cute story of how they met as well. How did they meet? So they met while the Miz was hosting the WWE Divas Search, and Maurice was auditioning, and her English wasn't very good, and he apparently was really, really mean about it, and kept teasing her and be like, "You'll never achieve anything in this company if you can't speak English." Mean, really mean. It didn't stop Sin Cara, S.A. Rios. <laughs> Yeah, he said another name. I assume that, yeah. She was picked eventually to be a, a WWE diva. And then only after that fact did they actually start dating. She's like, that's Aww. really mean. The Miz only bothered to go out with her after she was very successful and had fluent English. <laughs> hey, he's got standards. What can you say, you know? Isn't it amazing now, the two of them, it's the Miz that has the really high standards. Yeah, I know, right? Bizarre. With that, with that perfect face. I mean, I mean, they look pretty damn sexy there, the two of them. My I mean, favorite thing on. about the Miz is that he dresses like an anime character <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and I like as well uh, when he came out at WrestleMania this year. He, he brags about having a hot wife, and he came out through like A or lettering that said "hot wife." And he went like through. It was very, very romantic. I have a cute quote from him. I'm having the most fun I've ever had in my career. I get to hang out with my wife every single day. Aww. That's how I feel. 
Well, I'm not your wife. Oh. <laughs> I guess it doesn't work then. I, I take it back. When we get married, that's going to be a totally killer quote to Nick. Yeah. Put it in your vows. <laughs> have you got another lovely couple to talk to us about then? I do. Um, I have um, a beautiful couple. Otis Dochevic and Mandy Rose. Oh, man. Okay. So many of you might be familiar with these two. We've got, we got Mandy Rose here. Okay. Golden goddess. Like, we can all agree, incredibly beautiful woman. Great wrestler, too. Pretty good. Pretty good. And uh, then we have Otis Dochevic, and I believe we have a video that will pretty much accurately sum up who he is. Or what he is. Go now. This is the gentleman on the, uh, on the right here. Okay, th th those are two who you wouldn't necessarily think would go together, would they? And they're very cute because, like, he's a goblin man. And yes. He's 4'3", isn't he? I mean, look yeah. at that. Yeah, he's a human thumb. <laughs> Maybe he's related to Mark and May's offspring. One of the cousins. And my favourite thing about their relationship is she basically barely even recognises that they're in a relationship, whereas he will tweet about her almost all the time, sometimes even writing poetry. Can we bring up the next picture, please? So he posted this gorgeous photo of her doing a, a bikini shoot the other day. And uh, next picture, please. He uh, had this to say about her. Kevin, could you do your best Otis impression, please? <laughs> Those eyes get me every time. Ah, Cause my beautiful peach. There ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river wide enough to keep me from dozing to you, baby. Remember the times. <laughs> Hashtag does future wife. It's so cute. Why don't you ever tweet about me like that? Well, I have done this once before when I revealed the wrestler was actually dead, but um, I do have a really heartbreaking bit of news about this that was pointed out to me oh, literally no. within the last 24 hours. Because I did a lot of sleuthing about this. I'm talking, I went on to message boards. No one does that shit anymore. And it turns out they're not actually in a relationship. Are you serious? Yeah, and don't worry, because like everyone thinks they are. This is the greatest con this thumb has ever pulled off. Because everyone thinks that they're this lovely odd couple. She's actually going out with Tino Sabatelli from NXT. The, that guy from Breaking Gown who says everything's gangster? Well, you ain't gangster, man. There was me thinking she had, like, the best taste in men in no, the world. No, she's got the worst. She's got the worst taste. Do you want to take back anything you said about her being, like, a good wrestler and stuff now? Because it feels like... Yeah, I, I will. I'll take that back. Until she's in a relationship with Otis Dochevic, the brilliant goblin man. He is li he's in the, in the wings waiting for you. Who doesn't want... I want to sleep on Otis Dochevic. Yeah. He's fucking massive. He's like a beanbag. Yeah. It'd be great. Look at him quoting the Beach Boys. Cool. Um, okay, I think that I need to come at you with some a real-life one that also has some uh, kayfabe connotations to it. I think their whole relationship is the greatest work of all time. I'm talking about the head man, the head honcho, Vince McMahon, and his wife, the small business administrator of the United States of America, Linda McMahon! <laughs> there they are, being proven not guilty on steroid distribution. <laughs> there you go. Kind of presenting her like I'm, I'm, of course I'm normal. I have a wife, you know. And some quotes about Vince is made about Linda during his time as an on-screen character. If I didn't marry your mother, your brother Shane would have been a bastard. 
because uh, uh, he, he went at length on TV talking about he only married her because he had to marry her because she was pregnant and she wanted his money. Wow. But I mean, once you get over a trial like that, you're kind of pretty much linked together for life, you know? So strong bonds, these two. Strong, strong bonds. I was going to show the video of when she lost her Senate campaign of like, it's the sweetest thing you can oh, find no, a missing man. Oh, no, it's not. It's not the sweetest it's thing. Like three minutes of him just silently weeping, going, uh, <laughs> I thought anyone could be a senator. <laughs> there you go. So that, that, that's my, one of my big shots there, okay? You're not going to find truer love than those two, you know? Mm. Literally, for a tax write-off, I'm pretty sure they got married. <laughs> I'm not sure about true love for my next one. I mean, you'd probably know better than I do, but okay. they seem pretty in love. Pretty in love? Pretty in love. It's Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Ah, the other wing of the McMahon family. Indeed. So yes, Stephanie McMahon, daughter of Vince. There that they is are. such a Triple H and Stephanie picture. Isn't it? <laughs> We're taking a selfie in front of the new Shield mobile app with loads of paid content in game. It's actually really difficult to find any pictures of them where they're not like in their corporate mode or WWE mode. Like pictures of them just hanging out at home with their kids are very, very rare. They sleep like two hours a night or some shit. It's yeah. really, they posted their schedule once and they're like, they go to bed at like, you know, what is it, like two in the morning, they wake up at half four, they mm. work out all night long. It's really weird. But I did do some internet sleuthing and I managed to find just like a few pictures of them with various kids of theirs and they look really really proud and okay, it's, it's nice so kids. can we see the pictures of them with their various proud children there they go <laughs> he's a big boy isn't he they're proud their architect son they should be the, the handsomest son of all um can we see the next picture of them with their other kids this is them with charlotte flair <laughs> I'm noticing a trend here. If you have to be their kid, you have to be a champion. Yeah. Like, you know. They, well, <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll keep, okay. keep looking. Can we have the next picture, please? Aww. Ah. Family photo. Them and their proud daughter, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, she beat up all the kids in her foster home, and now here she is with their new parents, Triple H and Steph. But I think uh, the child they're most proud of is probably the one they've... Uh, the next picture, if we could see here. There we go. <laughs> Lemmy. He's going through his teen phase here. He obviously doesn't want to be in the picture. No, Mum and Dad. Stop taking photos on holiday. Only I can take pictures of my new hat. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to say, because the last time I made fun of Lemmy, I got, like, literal death threats because I had the temerity to say that he forgot the lyrics to a song. So what a fine musician, one of the all-time rock and roll legends, Hall of Famer, he's rocking out in heaven, definitely in heaven, not hell. <laughs> so I mean, okay, they've, they've got a really healthy relationship, but did you know that their relationship wasn't always real life? It did start off originally as a, uh, as a fake uh, kayfabe storyline, well Triple H was still technically going out with China. They were linked together, Triple H and Stephanie. Look at those crazy kids. Oh. Now I know what you're thinking, is Triple H eating a tooth? Now that is just a little bit of gum in there. <laughs> the whole storyline of Stephanie, who, when I was like 10 watching this, like, I thought Stephanie was like a lovely, nice girl. And why would she get with a rotter like Triple H? Well, it's because he was a bad boy. And as we all know, women only like bad boys. And that's why I'm with Joe, because I'm a bad boy. You may not realize <laughs> it by now. So, you know, they got married, but do you know how they got married? 
I think I've heard something about Vegas being mentioned. Yeah. It's not really like a don't tell the bride situation. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Vegas with all my friends and spend all the money. Stephanie wants a really traditional wedding in a chapel. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't like that, unfortunately. Uh, Jimmy Havoc didn't show up to tell him to stop wasting his money. He drugged Stephanie uh, while, but on her bachelorette party when she was getting married to another wrestler called Test and took her to the drive-thru, and then literally went, oh, yes, I do. And that apparently is good enough in the state of Nevada to get married. <laughs> so he married her while she was unconscious. There must be like a word, like marriage rape or something. That sounds really... Because marry marriage someone... doesn't sound good. It sounds really romantic, doesn't it? Like, you know? Ooh, like marriage without consent. That's a dark thing. But like all Vince Russo storylines, it kind of peered out in the same old way. It just basically ended up being, oh no, they planned it all along. She was in on it. <laughs> she let herself get drugged. But let's look at her in her first wedding, ask. We have a look at her in the first wedding here to see how she reacted to marrying Triple H. The first wedding, mm, not so great there. Vince looking like he's lost a steroid trial there. Not really <laughs> having a good time at all. Uh, the famous words were, I hate you. Two years later, after two years of blissful marriage, they did actually have a recommitment ceremony. So can we look at Stephanie at the recommitment ceremony there? Oh. <laughs> you only say it peaks on the third year of the relationship. Well, something obviously went wrong there, you know. What's going on? <laughs> they divorced. Uh, Triple H came back as a good guy after being injured. And then Stephanie was like, you're my husband and I'm pregnant, so marry me again. And then it turns out she was lying because oh that's God. what all women in WWE do, apparently. Right. And then after like five or six years where they actually got married in real life and everyone knew they were married, once on TV in 2005, they literally went, oh, come on, you know we're married. And that was it. They're back on screen together again. Wrestling. Wrestling not caring about continuity. Well, I never. <laughs> well, after that, I feel we should go with an actually romantic couple. Oh, I, I've got one other little, little oh, one fine, I want to slip fine, in here. Go, this yeah. is, I have tried so hard to keep this secret from, from Joe, okay? Because we all know, ladies and gentlemen, there's more than one route to power in the world of professional wrestling. Who's the worst man in wrestling? Oh, well, that's a big question, isn't it? The worst. Just the absolute worst. The worst? Come on now. Oh, there's so many to choose. Oh, I, I should have picked a more this specific is, yeah, thing really than the worst. Hard. Like, what era? Um, one of the first episodes we did, he is a racist. That doesn't narrow it much. <laughs> He's a fucking hot dog. Okay, Hulk Hogan. Hey, yeah. there we go, Hulk Hogan. What if I told you that Bubba Ray Dudley married Hulk Hogan's daughter in TNA? Can we uh, have a quick look up here? There they are! Brooke Hogan and Bully Ray Dudley there. Um, Hogan literally said, I, I thought it was made up. I found the direct quote from it. It's on his sex tape where he said, the most ideal person to be dating Brooke is actually me, brother. <laughs> and the allusions to Donald Trump continue. So there we go, Bully Ray, uh, he married uh, Brooke Hogan. So, uh... I think they're fit for each other, though, really. Like, he's literally one of the most horrible men in kayfabe. Hulk Hogan's daughter, you know? Match made in heaven. Well suited to yeah. each other, yeah. All right, you come at me then. Let's go. We need to go a bit more romantic. I think we're yeah. not getting me romantic enough right here. I need moment. a palate cleanser after that, honestly. This will be an ultimate palate cleanser, I feel. I think so, and it's appropriate for the day it is today. Well, what day is it today, Joe? Um, well, I don't know if the audience is familiar, but uh, today is actually Rusev Day. Hey! I'm really glad you all beat the Rusev Day rush mm. to get here. <laughs> You know, you, my friend, you left all your shopping till Rusev Eve again, didn't you? <laughs> Rookie mistake. Rusev and Lana. Look at that. That is just love right there. <laughs> yes. 
I like that she just applauds, like, yay! This is actually basically when we were in Nando's the other day and I had to ask the man to return food. Mm. This is basically that in wrestling format. Yeah. That's the manager. <laughs> so they have a really cute meat story again. So like a lot of these romances, she met Rusev when she was auditioning for this time for NXT. And she was there with Alexa Bliss and JoJo and all these really talented uh, women wrestlers. Not so much JoJo in this case anymore. Yeah. But um, she wasn't sure how on earth she could compete with all these, you know, really talented people. Because she had no wrestling training at all, did she? No. Yeah. So she was like, you know, next up to audition, she was like, crap, what can I pull out of my ass that I can do, like a special party trick or something? And she goes, oh yeah, I remember. I can speak fluent Russian. <laughs> <laughs> so she auditioned in Russian and then at the end of the audition she switched back to English and of course Triple H and Dusty Rhodes and everyone were very impressed so they paired her with Rusev they immediately became best friends and texted each and texted and called each other all through the night for like months so you're saying that in addition to being a great creative of mind mm. the American dream Dusty Rhodes is also ultimate wrestling's matchmaker. ultimate matchmaker <laughs> he is you would love a first fat daddy <laughs> <laughs> and then the very cute thing is they um, eventually kissed and then about four months later of them kissing on the reg, she turns to Rusev and goes, what are we? Are we, to are we together? Are we a thing? And Rusev could not understand this being from old Bulgaria because where he lives, if you kiss someone for four months, probably means your boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. Is that like an Ireland and Bulgaria thing where linked with that kind of common knowledge? Oh man, they are literally wrestling's greatest love story they currently are. on thing. They're very cute. They were on Ride Along recently and they had to do like the, the newlyweds game. So, you know, someone asked a question, they both have to answer, and if they get it right together, they get a point. And the question was, how would you rate your partner out of ten? Lana wrote ten and then I was like, sorry, you got it wrong, because Rusev wrote something different. And she's like, What? What did you rate me? And like a bowed child who'd eaten all the biscuits. He held up a little sign that had like 10 million on it. <laughs> he broke the rating system for her. What a guy. Okay, I'm gonna come at you now with historically wrestling's greatest love story. Kayfabe, maybe not real life. I'm talking about, and can we get the video rolling here, Ash? I'm talking about, here's such, this is the most romantic moment in wrestling history right here. Macho man Randy Savage and Elizabeth, look at the love in their eyes. Okay, these two here, they embrace, they have been together, they've been apart, husband and wife, pure love. And you'll see here now, right, people in the crowd were so into this that people were just openly weeping, which I don't think I've ever seen at any other time in wrestling. People just got these two so much because he'd been a bad guy and you know, he pushed her away then he became a good guy again. He got beaten up really badly in a match. He had to retire from wrestling and they came together and they actually had their wedding on pay-per-view then. They had the match made in heaven where these two had a big crazy commitment ceremony. And I'm also going to announce it right now, episode after next, we're doing Kevin Owens. After that, it's going to be Macho Man Randy Savage. We're going to be doing him. Joe's going to learn all about him. The unfortunate thing was I tried to learn more about this relationship. And it's not really the real life love story as it appeared in Kayfabe because Macho was an incredibly jealous sort. He would often berate wrestlers for looking or even speaking to Elizabeth backstage. In several occasions, locked her in a dressing room on her own and instructed no one to speak with her. And at this point here, they had actually just divorced. The whole love story, them getting back together, them getting married, they had just inked their divorce papers. It was absolutely horrible. 
but goddamn, what a couple of workers right there. That's the most romantic pair of divorcees I've ever seen in my life. So there you go, that's my Macho Man and Liz. I mean, I think you might want to come at me with something a little bit more romantic, because I admit that did break that's my heart a little really bit. That's really sad. Aw, that hug genuinely had me moved there. Yeah, that's I mean, anywhere in a sparkly jumper, always hug him. It's always a good time. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's move on then to uh, our next couple. Joe, yep. you got one for us? Next couple is, again, it's another OTP, but all, all the minor OTPs, really, compared to your <laughs> creepy relationships. We have Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. Oh, let's see these two here. Recently okay, so married. Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair, fantastic wrestler. She attacks people with her long braid. She's the best at everything. That's her gimmick. Montez Ford, again, outright hunk. Oh my God, look at him, look stone at cold him. hunk. He's got the dance moves as well. He does. He does. He's uh, in a tight team called the Street Profits. He does. And they're quite, I don't know if anyone knows, they're quite agile dancers. They so, uh, Craig, can we get a little bit of a beat going here? Me and Joe are gonna do a little bit of dancing here, get some dance moves on the go here. You know, you gotta do a little bit of dancing every now and then. Come on, let's go, let's go, clap. I'll be D'Angelo, you can be Montez Ford. Here we go, there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, oh they light up. Oh. How cool are they? Inspired by Montez Ford, somehow, and Naomi. Ash, don't bring in the cake, it's not. What cake? We'll just eat it afterwards, it's fine. No, we're just gonna eat plain white cake later. Don't worry about it, honey, it's fine. Absolutely fine. So, I mean, why are these two such a dream team? My God, those are some incredible shoes right I there. Know, Look right? at that. Look at them. Um, why are they such a dream team? Well, they're yeah. just deeply in love with each other. I don't really have much to say about them, to be honest. I just wanted to show off my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say go on either of their Instagrams and you will see many, many cases of true love excelling all. Those two, they know that they're a good couple. And they that's, do. Uh, that doesn't happen often, resting sometimes. Look at that, right? Ah. They're just so, so cute together. I absolutely love them. And speaking of couples that are just super cute and you just know they love each other so much, brings me on to my next couple. Okay. Which again, to do with my shoes, we've got Naomi and Jimmy Uso. Oh yeah, very good. Lovely couple right here. So we've got Naomi here, feel the glow. That's her, her gimmick, she, she glows. How can you feel a glow? It's a visual thing. Yeah, I saying. never really understood that. <laughs> no, it means something. And uh, yeah, she's in a relationship with Jimmy Uso here. I mean, they're, they're very, very cute. cute together, the two of them. I must admit, Joe, I've never been able to buy them as a cute couple. I do have an issue with them because what? we used to watch Total Divas together. And one of the main. Oh, no, you're not going to mention the toe again, are you? Uh, you know, they have. Uh, he has a really gross toe. And <laughs> I don't know about you, I don't like seeing gross toes on television, particularly when I'm not anticipating them. And these two, look how lovely they are. Where does a gross toe enter into this? It doesn't have to, you brought it up. Exactly, it doesn't have to. You shouldn't have brought it up. You shouldn't have brought it up, Jimmy Uso. I want to talk about how they, uh, how they met, because again, it's quite, it's quite a funny, cute story. Okay. Again, they met at training. A lot of wrestlers seem to meet at training. If anyone here is like kind of, oh, where, where can I go to meet, meet people? people. <laughs> Train to become a wrestler. Um, so Jimmy was aware of Naomi, and he knew that she was a massive fan of Rikishi, which, as you all probably know, is uh, Jimmy Uso's dad. You wouldn't have known that by going to their wedding, though, which he didn't He didn't attend. attend. <laughs> no, he uh, didn't so, uh, great father. About that. So Jimmy Uso, being the very charismatic, charming man that he obviously is, uh, thought he'd go up and introduce himself in the absolute worst way possible. He went up to her and said, uh, oh, he like Rikishi, uh, 
Yeah, he sucks. He's the worst wrestler I've ever seen. And then she just walked off because she was like, well, fuck you then, I guess. Love lifts us up where we And later on, he was like, no, no, I, I was just kidding. He's my dad. And she was like, okay. Could you not have just said hello? Like, if you wanted to introduce yourself, that's how normal humans do it. They don't were, just diss their favorite wrestler. Were they eight? Was this on a playground? <laughs> Did he, like, fart in his hand and throw it at her next there? Like, seriously, unbelievable. Okay, now, uh, there's been kind of a bit of a theme here with all of these relationships, and I think something we should point out. These are all heterosexual relationships, and I don't want anyone to think that there's only heterosexual relationships in wrestling. It's not necessarily true. I do think wrestling has maybe had a bit of an issue with uh, identifying, you know, wrestlers identifying as being you know, maybe bisexual or gay or a part of that beautiful spectrum. But WWE has, in kayfabe, dipped their toe into the waters. Uh, this was an angle that they hyped up so much and pulled the wool over everyone's eyes, they actually got endorsements from GLADS, the Gay Lesbian Alliance. They actually sent them a gravy boat, an enamel gravy boat, just to congratulate them for doing this. We're going to talk now, Ashley, you have the video ready, please, about the wedding of Billy and Chuck. So that was, uh, WWE released that video two years ago, kind of be like, yeah, remember we did that, uh, that gay wedding? That was pretty cool, right? Now, they've conveniently snipped out a few little important bits along the way there, including when the two of them looked each other in the eye and then turned to this guy, Rico, and went, hey, Rico, this has gone far enough. I mean, we ain't gay or nothing. And, <laughs> and then everyone was like, yay, cheering massively. They got this massive pop for being like, we're not gay, like, we're just doing this as a publicity stunt. And WWE knew this well in advance, but they went around to all these different gay and lesbian groups saying, we're doing the first ever gay wedding in wrestling. Oh my God. And they took advantage of the fact that all these like, news outlets didn't watch wrestling. And they're like, yeah, these two guys, they're obviously, you know, no one even asked Billy Gunn if he was gay or Chuck Palumbo if they were gay. Like they went on Howard Stern and pretended to be gay and all. Oh, oh it was no. so cringy. That's the only gay wedding that we've had in wrestling history. And they never once actually said, I want you to, to, to be my partner, I want to marry you. It was tag team partner, committed partner. It was all very careful. No homo. And they ne yeah, exactly. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like they never at once used the word gay. Like they were so, so careful about it. And as a result, I think still to this day, GLAD says they want nothing to do with WWE. 
because they sent him a gravy boat under false pretenses. <laughs> Fuck that shit, man. No way. But I think you might have something a little bit more uh, palatable on that uh, side of things. Yeah, it's certainly more tastefully done than uh, Billy and Chuck. I, I want to talk about Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. <laughs> Look, we actually have someone in a golden Lovers yes. t-shirt in the front row. Incredible. <laughs> so. The um, ambiguous in terms of sexuality, neither of them have ever actually confirmed uh, what their, their sexuality is. Um, but they've got a really cute story, which has been going on for about nine years. I know nothing about this, by the way. All I know is that I'm really happy that it annoys people that Kenny Omega is playing no. around with this. They're not gay, they're not gay, no. <laughs> mm. They kind of are, like, I mean, come on. Mm. So. Kenny Omega, he knew it was his destiny to fight Kota Ibushi. That's quite romantic, right? That right. also is quite romantic. Look at those ramen, that's amazing, unbelievable. He's gonna eat his own hair with those ramen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Kenny Omega sent a challenge video to Kota Ibushi, um, which then was accepted. They had their fight, and their first ever fight made Kenny Omega cry in a good way. Oh. It's sweet. Wait, crying? He fought him and made him cry in a good well, way. Well, it was a really emotional match, basically, I which see. involved Kota Ibushi doing a Phoenix Splash off a vending machine. Oh, okay. Well, that would make me cry. That really. would make you cry. Right yeah. in the feels. So that was nice. They both had really similar ideas on how they feel wrestling should be. That it should be a form of of art and comedy and and different athletic styles. Um, and their match was so good that the company they signed to wanted them to become like great rivals. And they said, nah, we don't want that. We don't want to become rivals. We want to be a tag team. So DDT, the company they were signed with, said, okay, okay, fine, you can, you can be a tag team. We're going to call you the Golden Brothers. And they said, no, we're going to be the Golden Lovers. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> so they became the Golden Lovers. They are explicitly lovers within kayfabe. And Kenny Omega has said that he wants to, to end the whole storyline in a wedding. They want to actually get married at some point. But their relationship was not perfect by any means. They've had lots of ups and downs. I won't go over the whole of it. But at one point, Kenny Omega turned on Kota Ibushi and betrayed him. And he joined the Bullet Club. Boo, Bullet Club. <laughs> Are you saying boo or boo less cub? <laughs> So he, he joined the Bullet Club, betraying Kota, obviously. Um, and then the Bullet Club beat the shit out of poor Kota Ibushi. Boo. But Kenny, he, he protected him. He, he risked his career and he, he sided with, uh, with Kota and he, he looked after him. But that oh. meant the Bullet Club then turned on Kenny. And then Kota rescued Kenny. So they've both like, rescued each other at some points. It's, it's, it's cute, it's cute. They've I sacrificed everything to save one another. Yeah, I mean, that's really romantic. It is romantic. And I also want to say, right, anyone here who's starting off a relationship Generally speaking, you want to get the first heel turn out of the way within the first six months. Yeah. Exactly. After that, it's just in poor taste. Yeah. You know, it's just shocking for the sake of it. Okay, that is pretty, pretty, pretty great. Right? That's a very lovely story. I'm glad to learn more about the Golden Lovers. And I'm looking forward to actually doing more about both these guys individually. We will be doing episodes on them, so we'll need to get our research hats on and hopefully have lots of help from our lovely fans to help us learn about Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega. I have under good authority that Kota Ibushi is weird as fuck. <laughs> yes. Because he lit fireworks on himself. Yeah, like. and yeah, did like 
back wheels and car wheels and stuff off a car. Do you think that's like a romantic gesture to Kenny Omega? Like, until you confirm our love, I will keep shooting myself with fireworks. Right, okay, you joke, but legitimately that is part of their whole romance oh angle. God. Because during that time, Kota, no, Kenny Omega was with the Bullet Club and Kenny Omega kept stealing all of Kota's moves. So meanwhile, Kota was a freelance wrestler and he went off just doing anything he wanted to, showing off to Kenny Omega, like, look, this is what you're missing out on. This could be us, but you're playing. These fireworks could be you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to go with another slightly unconventional relationship. Can we look at, please, Perry Saturn and Terry, please? There we go. Right, this is fabulous. This is kayfabe at its best because they look like a very loving couple right here. Perry Saturn on the left, former Army Ranger. Uh, he joined the WWE for a period of three years or so, during which he said he was never once sober. Not once. Not even one time. And the first day he was paired with Terry Runnels, she walked up to him saying, I don't care what you think, I am not going to have sex with you. So that's a professional relationship right there. Perry and Terry were put together mainly because I think their names sounded good in quick succession. Perry, Terry, it's very, very good. But sometimes happens in a relationship couple of months in and then all of a sudden some some piece of skirt comes wandering in to capture away the wandering eye of Perry Saturn. I'm not just saying that. You fell in love with a mop, Joe. You clap, but that mop's a man-stealer. Perry Saturn, as punishment in real life for beating up a jobber, as we know from our jobbers episode, you don't get treated particularly well as a jobber. Yeah. He thought a jobber stiffed him, so he beat the shit out of him for real. Then they put him in a storyline where he got dropped on his head and fell in love with a mop. It's not even a good-looking mop. You could do better. Well, he, there's sexier mops out yeah. there for, for Perry Saturn. Trust me. So he had to go with it. He had to run around with his mop as his best friend, his lover. At one point, Terry had to confront him and say... <laughs> The mop doesn't even look happy about this. <laughs> it's a really scary mop when it's blown up like this. Jesus Christ. So you had to pick between Terry and the mop. She's like, you can either have all this or the mop. And he went, mop, and he took the mop. <laughs> but you may want to, you know, a little bit of a content warning here. Some distressing scenes coming up. Moppy's fate, unfortunately, was the least happy of all the fates we're going to look at here tonight. Moppy was sent into uh, a wood chipper. Um, no! Yeah, the kill Raven killed a mop. Raven. <laughs> he kidnaps children and he destroys mops. I was kind of hoping that Raven would have like a little baby Moppy and be like, <laughs> you know the divorce was your dad's fault, right? <laughs> and, <you know. laughs> Alas, not. This was not after, though, that Perry had done a, a good missing persons campaign. He got Moppy on cartons of milk saying, have you seen this woman? You know, trying to really get the word out there. So that's pretty much romance as I see it. I mean, we're coming into our final stretch here now of romantic things, Joe. I mean, have you got one you want to come at me with? Yeah, again, another really cute couple. It's Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. Oh, yes, very good. Look at that, wrestling each other. Yeah, that's what makes them kind of extra cute, really, is that they, they do. They wrestle each other sometimes. That happens. That's, that's quite unusual, even within wrestling. I like that Johnny Gargano, such as he breaking in the barriers, not only is he like, you know, was okay with wrestling women, he'll wrestle his own wife. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Lovely kids there at their wedding. Absolutely, like, there's nothing could come between these two. Absolutely. Oh! <laughs> you think you're the best man. You're just a bad boy. That's all you are, Tommaso Ciampa. Do you reckon his best man speech was just silence? <laughs> <laughs> Sat cross-legged, Johnny Gargano, boy. <laughs> um, do you want to see these two wrestle 
again oh, in future. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, mainly I want to see Candice LeRae just beat the shit out of Tommaso Jumper. <laughs> What's a tasteful way to book a man and a woman who are married wrestling each other? Because like, I don't, I, there's, you know, there's a lot of dodgy things that have happened in wrestling's past that you maybe don't want to have man mm. and wife wrestling each other. So can you think of a tasteful way to do it? I've really put you on the spot You here. have really put me on the spot, but it's okay. I've actually thought about this before. Can so you way, make it right, please? Yeah. The way I would do it is within the current angle that they're all in at the moment mm. on NXT. I'd have Johnny Gargano slowly turn into Tommaso Ciampa. And Candice LeRae goes, you know what? You're not the man I married. You're not the man I fell in love with. I, I hate who you've become. And uh, I, I don't see this relationship going any further. I think we have to end this. And then they wrestle. And what, she wrestles him in such a way that he's like, yeah, okay, I'll continue to be your lawfully wedded husband. No, you no, know? they just wrestle. Okay, that's all right. That's a reason. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty romantic one. I'm going to come at you with, uh, this is my wrestling OTP right here, folks, okay? And I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of loving couples who we maybe haven't mentioned here. I'm sure everyone's got their fave, but we have to keep the list tight. We have to keep it watertight and only put in the, the most romantic, the most fitting couples possible. That's why I want to talk a little bit about Don Marie and Al Wilson. <laughs> now, here we go, Joe. Okay? Now, this may Is shock you. Is he wearing you. a nappy? <laughs> I'm genuinely asking. I think he actually is. Okay, so Don Marie, there she is. Don Marie, the young, uh, the young, vivacious Don Marie. She was feuding with Tori Wilson, who was a wrestler on SmackDown at the time. This is around 2003. It may shock you folks, Paul Heyman wrote this storyline. <laughs> Who'd have thought, like? But in this storyline, to get at Tori Wilson, who she actually was in love with, okay? She was in love with Tori Wilson, was trying to play mind games with her. She decided to seduce Tori Wilson's father, Al Wilson. And like, there's all these provocative scenes where Tori Wilson's like, wow, what a great match. I'm going to go back to the locker room. And then she's in the shower naked with her dad. And then the wow. next week, her dad's like, I'm sorry I was naked with your wrestling rival, Tori, but I'm in love. <laughs> um, it got to the point where they got married. Yeah. Don, Don wanted to marry in the nude, and they settled in nappy and lingerie instead. <laughs> but <laughs> the best thing about this is they went... They went to hell with tradition, you know? They went to hell with tradition. And uh, they went and they had their wedding night. And we got to see all of this in, uh, in WWE play out very, very tastefully. On the wedding night, Al was a little bit of a love machine. Turns out Don could barely keep up with Al Wilson. He was such a goddamn stud muffin. And he died. <laughs> uh, we had a very uh, tasteful graphic that was then shown. As a result, she had sex with Al so much on their honeymoon that... She killed him. So did he actually die in real life? <laughs> I love the idea of like Vince McMahon being like, we gotta make it look real, pal. Come on, it'll be good for your career, good exposure to kill you. <laughs> so yeah, Al Wilson in memory in 1941 to 2003. So he did actually die? Uh, no, the character just died. Oh, okay. This is one of these very tasteful moments in wrestling, like when Vince McMahon died, when it's just for a bit of a laugh. Right, like, yeah. You know, come on, you know. So they had like a 10 bell salute, all that stuff for him. Now, it does get a little bit worse than that. Okay? I've actually even missed out. There was a bit to stop the wedding. Don was like, if you come and have like a, a lesbian makeout session with me live on pay per view, I won't marry him. 
and right. she did and she still married him <gasps> anyway but this of course him dying wasn't the peak of this let's go on to the next picture here please uh, ash it's very very important here okay yeah, they actually had a, a sexy cat fight in the funeral parlor. Of course, of course they uh, did. Just behind Tori there, that's Al Wilson. Uh, and then at the following pay-per-view, they had the first ever stepmother versus stepdaughter match where she came out in a black veil because she was a widow in mourning. That is the greatest love story wrestling has ever told. Just so you know, if you ever like cheat on me or anything, or betray me in some way, I'm gonna marry your dad. <laughs> <laughs> I will dress up, me and you the lingerie. You stay away from him. He can wear the nappy. <laughs> you know, my dad would rock that nappy, he, you know yeah, that? He would. You know what? Do your worst. Fine, I will. You, you try marrying him and see what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, those are wrestling's greatest love stories. <laughs> So we're going to get into a Q&A, but first we do have a very, very nice announcement that we want to make. Fresh off the presses, uh, this is, is hot scoop news for our live audience here, but we've just been announced that we're actually going to be on Spotify very, very soon. We're now going to be on Spotify. So there's another place you can listen to your favorite wrestling podcast. Um, right, we're going to get into a little bit of a Q&A action here now. So if we've got our, uh, we're meant to have an usher with a roaming mic, please. The usher is now Ash. Ash, double duty. I love that. Uh, anyone got any questions, please, for our Q&A? And we also have some here on to, uh, yes, young man there. Who do you think would make a good kayfabe couple that hasn't been? Ooh. Oh, that's hard. A good kayfabe couple that has not been. Pick any two people that you think would be a nice couple in real life mm. on wrestling. Part of me thinks Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman because they seem to like genuinely have like quite a lot in common and they have okay. quite a nice chemistry. Yeah. But I don't know if that's just because I'm easily manipulated by uh, on-screen romance. They've just tricked me into thinking that. I don't know. <laughs> Who would you choose? I would probably choose. Oh, this is going to be a tough one now. I think Baron Corbin needs love in his life. <laughs> You know, I think Baron Corbin and like Carmel or something like that. You know what? He 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 could bring a lot out by being a terrible boyfriend. I think that Baron Corbin, if we had backstage segments of him like playing Overwatch or something like, and he has to make his girlfriend watch or something like that, I think that would be very very uh, accurate use of Baron Corbin's the time. The worst, the worst boyfriend. I know you've been like telling a lot of people recently that Nikki Cross in NXT yeah. has got like a lot of crossover with certain characters. Would you pair Nikki Cross with anyone in NXT? If I was going to pair Nikki Cross with anyone, I think I'd have to match her with like Kyrie Sane. Yeah. I don't know, they're just, they're cute, they're cute. Although having said that, Nikki Cross and Shayna Baszler, they had some serious chemistry when they choked each other. I was gonna say, right? <laughs> we ain't into that, okay? Don't, don't, don't think no. for a second that there's any sort of choking going on here. <laughs> uh, right, we've got any other questions, please? We did ask people to prepare some questions for this portion of the show. In the corner over there, please, yes. Who's the better OTP, Hiromu Takahashi and Daryl, or Abyss and Janice? Oh my god, okay. So, Daryl is a cat. Right. A soft toy cat. If only we had an image to illustrate it. I think I've seen him. Yeah, very, very cute. Black and white cat. Yeah. Stuffed toy, yeah. Iconic, I would say, mm. as far as, go as far as to say as. Oh, by the way, a couple I would put together, just sorry to go back and just realize, 
Billy, I said I kind of like Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. Come See, on! I thought that and I thought, no, they're just they're best friends. It's too um, obvious, is it? Well, I just I wouldn't want to ruin their friendship. I guess, no one's ruined friendship. But sorry, the other thing you said was Abyss and Janice. So there was this character in TNA, okay? His name was Abyss. He was a big, scary dude. He wore like a leather mask. He would go, he was very, very intense. He looked pretty much exactly like mankind, but just enough so I wasn't breaking copyright. Like my brother used to work in the shoe business and he told me like, if you make six basic changes to the design, you're technically not copying. And Abyss has done those six changes. He's in the clear right there. But he had a board with nails in it and he was proper in love with this board with nails in it. And he would, you know, caress it. He'd talk to it. How do you caress a board with nails? The sides, because if you do the front, you just get scabby hands. Mm. It's not good at all. So I'm going to go as far as to say that a love between a man and a soft, cuddly toy is much better between the love of a man and a board with nails through it. Because <laughs> you don't know where those nails have been, you know? It could be really, really bad stuff. Right, any other questions, please? If not, we've got some here in our, uh, we got some from Twitter and Facebook. Do think of some questions, folks. Joe, oh, you wanna? Got one over there? I've got one over there in the corner, yes. Um, do you think Sonia Deville's gonna get Darren Young in that she's the first openly out um, lesbian? Mm. And Darren Young was probably the first openly out um, gay guy. Mm. And he basically got um, de-pushed and eventually got rid of. Um, I'm just, do you think that's going to happen to her? Do you think she's actually going to break through that ceiling? Because obviously I, I hope she does do, you know. I don't assume that they're going to put her in a lesbian storyline per se, but I really hope they don't Darren Young her and just make her straight. Like, I don't understand why, like, it's such an obvious good PR thing for the company. And like, this is really weird about Darren Young. Like, he comes out as, you know, he, he, he comes out on like TMZ and he says, you know, I, I'm, I'm gay and he wants to be open about it. And he was like the first wrestler on the roster to ever openly come out and say it. It's like active wrestler. And then, yeah, he kind of like disappeared down the cards. And I always wondered if that was more to do with the fact that he had been there for like 10 years already and they'd already kind of decided, ah, we don't like this guy that much. And he just kind of waited out his time and then they got rid of him quietly. Whereas, I don't know, I think Sonya has got, like she's only just started her career. But I think... I don't know. I wonder if it's a bit of a dangerous thing to assume that everyone wants to be a spokesperson and to be like put out front and center like that. I mean, can you imagine the shit that Darren Young no. and Sonya Deville have gotten on their like timelines? Mm -hmm. Like, probably some pretty nasty, hateful stuff. Yeah, so, definitely. I just think that like, do you want like, do you want to see like, gay angles in wrestling? Yes, but not while Vince McMahon is still alive. <laughs> <laughs> like, he will ruin it. But like Stephanie said like two or three years ago, oh don't Stephanie worry. Stephanie said, Stephanie <laughs> said. You don't think it's gonna come through? I don't trust a word out of Stephanie McMahon's mouth. Because here's the thing, I don't think WWE could help themselves. I don't think they could kind of go, okay, we're just gonna have characters who are gay and characters who are straight or characters where it doesn't really matter. And honestly, I don't think it should matter. That's the thing, no, it shouldn't. to label them. But I don't think they, can, they can't help themselves with going, you know what, we're going to have a really riveting, dramatic story about a gay wrestler who gets it targeted or whatever. And I think if they do that, you're just going to play into a section of the fans that are going to cheer for the fucking wrong guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think the first step for them, before they even try any kind of angles involving homosexuality, I should say, would be just to have a character that is gay and it's nothing to do with their storyline. Mm. I mean, like Finn Balor, the stuff with him. What I mean, do you mean? Well, like, he came out and he's like, he has Balor Club for everyone. He had multicolored mm -hmm. shirt. He brought out a group of, 
young hip people all wearing his shirt. Yeah. Was that an effective kind of non-confrontational way of saying, hey, we are we support LGBTQ. <laughs> don't try and tongue twister it but we support that community like you know is that like a, a positive thing them doing that or is that kind of showing away i mean i think that was up to him to do that i don't think i think it was his idea they didn't make him do that or anything like that and also it's very different from a man to sort of advertise pride than a guy coming out and saying yeah i'm gay this is who i am and That's then true. going about his business as usual. So in terms of being a, a, an ally, he's pretty much on par with Halifax, is what you're saying there. <laughs> he's got the little sticker in the corner there. Like. Um, do you want to take one of these questions Absolutely. here from our Twitter and from Facebook? We got some ones in here. Mm -hmm. We have one from I like James T on Twitter. This is for both of us. What's an opinion you have now about wrestling or a wrestler that you would have completely disagreed with when you first started watching? Oh, man. Hmm. I'll go first because I know this one's easy for me. Mine's Brock Lesnar. When we recorded our episode on Brock Lesnar, I think I said at the end of the episode, he's now my favorite wrestler ever. And that couldn't be further from my opinion now than like possible. What, when was it? Like, What was going on what, that made you say that Brock Lesnar was one of your favorite wrestlers? It was around the time when he was feuding with Seth. And honestly, I think it's just because Seth was so good and they had the whole angle with him pulling off doors off cars and throwing shit around it was great that was so, like the best of his career i think that's how good seth rollins is is that yeah. he accidentally made you love brock lesnar <laughs> in spite of everything you know about him. i mean brock lesnar gave a shit then as well he mm. obviously doesn't know no you do you want to see brock back not really who in the room wants to see brock lesnar come back within six months <laughs> Hi, all right legitimately if you never saw him again ever Anyone like never want to see him again ever? Yeah, yeah, wow. I wouldn't mind that actually. Oh man, God, he's got to he's got to hunker down, do some work on the brand, Brock. You know, <laughs> figure that out. So go on, who would you who did you choose? I mean, not not necessarily. Like, there's loads of wrestlers who I've changed my opinions of over time. Like, there's loads of wrestlers who I like when I was a kid I hated, and then I do like a podcast where I have to go through every match of theirs in excruciating detail. I realize, oh. Turns out when I was 10, I didn't know shit, you know? <laughs> but honestly, from doing the podcast with you, there's a couple of things about wrestling that I've kind of maybe stuck in my head a little bit more. I am much more proud of the fact that I like things like silly comedy segments and, you know, backstage stuff or like a dance contest or something silly to happen. I'm much more proud of the fact that I love levity in wrestling because mm. it's something that was kind of almost like a little dirty secret of mine. Like, I want to be like, hey, I can't wait for a really funny backstage segment tonight. But if I don't get one, I usually am a bit annoyed. Like, you know, when they did that segment recently on one of the pay-per-views and everyone's dancing in the ring, I was like, yes, great, dancing. I yeah. love that. So I'm, I'm more open to liking the sillier parts of wrestling and kind of, you know, not being embarrassed as much by them. Oh, that's good. But also as well... I think I had this thing in my head, and I think it comes from the Chris Benoit situation, where it's like, there's the wrestler, and then there's the stuff the wrestler's done in their personal life, and you know, you draw a line like that, and it's like, you don't consider or think about their personal stuff at all when you're looking at their professional career and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like why when we started the podcast, we... You know, we, we didn't really know which angle we were going to take. And I, very stupidly, was like, no, I'm not going to talk about all the personal stuff because it's not important. Joe needs to learn about the wrestler. But like, not knowing that like, Steve Austin did all that shit 
And like me not even knowing that Steve Austin didn't know that shit. Do you, did all that shit, you know? Do you think that comes though from you growing up during like the Attitude Era, during a time when most wrestlers had a very dark side to them? Yeah, I mean, see, wrestling fans are very, very good at kind of being like, that's none of my business, I'm just gonna walk away over mm. here. You know, like everyone who grew up watching during the Attitude Era is like, yeah, Mick Foley had a really lovely family life. Way, yay, Mick Foley, woo! Like yeah, the Austin and Rock had pretty fucked up relationships though, didn't they? Mick Foley and his kids, woo! Yeah! Ah! He hates or, his wife! Yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of like, yeah, I think it is a power growing up, and it's really, really hard for a lot of people in this generation, I think, because a lot of it has come at once, where we've had to kind of go, okay, turns out 60 to 70% of childhood heroes have got some really fucking nasty side to them. And I just kind of feel the thing I've changed about wrestling is knowing that you can find that stuff out and it's important to know. You can still enjoy you know, what they do in wrestling. But I think if you are actively avoiding finding out about wrestlers' backstories, because like, I know like, there's a lot of people, we've done this episode on Steve Austin for Patreon. And I looked up and I found these horrible like, allegations about his, ex, his two or three ex-wives. And I, kind of, like, I know there's a lot of people who are like, you know what, I don't want to find out. Because I think it might ruin Steve Austin for me. Mm. And I kind of I get that, but I do think it's important. Like you have to kind of grow up a little bit sometimes. And if you're going to put someone on a pedestal, you need to know that there's some other sides to it as well. So I, I think I'm a little bit more socially conscious about my wrestlers now. And I appreciate nice people in wrestling a lot more that's now. That's the thing. Like that's the upside to doing that. Like yeah, it sucks to find out that like a wrestler you love is a terrible person. But how good a feeling is it when you find out that your favorite wrestler loves video games and yeah. is like, a genuinely awesome, lovely person that you probably get to really get on with if you met. Yeah, hands up here who's checked out Sandman's Twitter since we did an episode on it. It's fucking adorable. He's so cute. No one would have known that. You would have thought it was just one, like, still JPEG low res of a broken beer can covered in blood. You didn't think it'd be him and his son playing Overwatch and having a good time on the golf course. Oh, it's unexpected. It's lovely. Yeah. All right, got another question in the audience. Yes, in the corner over there. Hiya. If AJ Lee comes back to WWE, uh, how do you think the, her relationship with Punk is going to fare? Oh, so I'm not sure if you know this. AJ mm. Lee and CM Punk are married. Yes, I'm aware. Yeah. I, I do have an opinion on this. I don't think she ever will because from what I've heard about her, she seems quite loyal to him. And obviously with everything that CM Punk has been through with the company, there is no way he's coming back. Like, no way. And if Those I were are wrestling's magic words, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you say there's no way something's going to happen in wrestling. He's coming back. Yeah, but three like, times in a mirror, he'll come back. If a company you worked for treated you the way WWE treated CM Punk, mm -hmm. I would never support that company again in any way, shape or form. So it's, I'd like yeah. to think she'd kind of be the same, but... Yeah. They, didn't, like, they didn't necessarily do it to her, though. And it's no, kind but of... she loves him and they did it to him. I feel in a roundabout way though that it's like you know she she retired from wrestling like literally in the middle of her peak like in the middle of those are like the five or six years where you think she's going to be the woman in the company and she's like basically missed out on the greatest resurgence in women's wrestling ever like you know in any place in the world and i think it's really sad that she's missed out and yeah loyalty is great and all that mm. but like i don't feel like she was put under pressure to leave but she did out of loyalty. And I just kind of feel sad that she's kind of missed out. And if she never wrestles again or never goes back to wrestle, I think that's really shit because it's literally like, 
why is the reason that you are not here doing the thing you do best to the best of your ability in front of the biggest audience possible, making the money that you should be making? It's like, well, because of my husband. Well, not just that. She's very good at rescuing dogs. Yes, that's she, true. She works with rescued dogs, and yeah, she's doing good in that world. Yeah, I mean, I, it's so weird, because I think when you, like, when you see someone who's clearly passionate about wrestling on screen doing really, really well, I don't think you can ever get into your head that they may not, they may not want to do it again. They mm. may want to just stop and move on and do something else. I can never get that in my head. It's like the Terry Funk thing in my head. Every wrestler wants to wrestle until they're 80, <laughs> until someone begs them to stop or leaves them or something like that. So, yeah. Uh, got another E question. We certainly do. This one's from our, our good pal, Ash. Good pal, Ash. Hey, we're going to get a round of applause for Ash doing our tech here tonight. Doing the Lord's work, Ash. Thank you so much. If Kevin is introducing Joe to wrestling via How to Wrestling, what would Joe introduce Kevin to via a podcast? I think it would be musicals. <laughs> <laughs> Got any musical fans in the audience here tonight? Yeah. Oh, I wow, initially surprised. <laughs> why? It's such a natural, natural crossover. If you like wrestling, you should like musicals and vice versa. There's so many similarities. Okay, why are the similarities then? Because Andrew Lloyd Webber hasn't appeared in wrestling once, and that's, <laughs> that's all I've got to go on. Right, the main one is suspension of disbelief, because I hear a lot of... I'm going to say it, mainly men, who say, I can't watch musicals because it doesn't make any sense why they suddenly start singing all the time. Have you watched wrestling? <laughs> it makes no sense why they wrestle all the time. Like, <laughs> honestly, no sense at all. So, yeah, I think that's the main reason. But then there's the theatrics as well. There's sometimes mm. good music and dancing and interesting dramatic storylines. And sometimes they're way, way, way too long. That's another common theme. Sound of music's like three hours. That's yeah. like... I think that's half of a WrestleMania, but that's half of a WrestleMania. Almost as many Nazis in that as there are in actual wrestling as well. Yeah, yeah, about the same, yeah. Um, if you were to book anyone on the current roster, any wrestlers that you like, who would you put into like a dream casting of your favorite musical of choice? Who do you think would, be, would fit in there nicely? Because there's no way I'm not seeing the shield in Cats. You know, you know the big dog would fill out that lycra. This is really difficult because I have like two favorite musicals and one is Joseph. And if I was going to do Joseph, I'd cast John Cena as, uh, <laughs> as Joseph. But I'd do the, the Donny Osmond in production where he takes his top off and you can see his rock hard abs. So, that picture of all the veins. Yeah, like, all the varicose veins. Like, yeah. Whoa, capture him again. Don't give him that coat. He looks pretty evil. Like. Please wear your coat more. Um, and the other one would be Cats. And honestly, just like the entire roster. Of, of WWE, I would just put them all in there as the various hundreds of roles that are in Cats. Now, the only issue with you doing a how-to musical type mm. podcast is that you have already successfully shown me a few musicals. We have watched, um, as you said, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> I think it was like the night before your surgery in Poland, we watched, um, what was it, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, Sam, by the way, Easter special on Cinema Swirl this year. <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar, okay? You've not seen that film, mate, have you? Perfect, great. <laughs> um, and what are the, we, we tried to watch Cats? Like three times we tried to watch Cats, and every time I think you got bored and insisted we stop and do something else. Just paperwork just mounds up on a Saturday night, guys, you know? You sure. just have to stop All that podcasting it. paperwork. Any, any other musicals you would really want to show me? Chitty Bang Bang, it's near the top of my list, and Mary Poppins as well. 
You show me bed knobs and broomsticks. Great. <laughs> it's a borderline musical. It's not. Yeah, like that, that is the real one, right? That's the one where I was the man going, why are they singing? Because they, like, they go like 45 minutes, right, in this, no one's singing. And I was like, oh, where are we now? Oh, it's Portobello Road. Oh. Portobello Road, Portobello Road. What else are they supposed to do at Portobello Road? <laughs> go shopping. Well, I've never been, so I've never started to sing, I guess. We'll go. We'll go yeah. and we'll sing the song. I think wrestling needs a wrestling-themed musical to finally yes. happen. Yes, right? it does. It needs one so badly. That, oh my God, I'm so passionate about that. That needs to happen. No one steal our idea. No, please do. Steal it and do it, because can you imagine the work involved in that? I don't hey, want to do that. Do you, you see the size of Lloyd Webber's gaff, his house? <laughs> Seriously, we could be we could be making the, le the Webber money. <laughs> and end up looking like Andrew Lloyd Webber. No, thank you. <laughs> Okay, we've got any more questions in the audience, please? Uh, front row here, yes? Uh, best and worst WWE network programming. Oh. Oh, that's really hard. There's a few we're really partial to. Like, yeah. Ride Along is always a good Ride laugh. Along. Yeah, Ride Along, you know? Table for Three is also great. But worst. I mean, some episodes of Ride Along are the worst. The one with Charlotte Flair and Ric Flair. <gasps> Oh God, please describe if you've not seen it, it's seriously. It's Don't kind of watch like... it. <laughs> Just listen to the nice lady say it and that's enough. Right, so you know the idea of being tortured? It's like that. I am aware. Yeah, it's just that in a car. No, they just ignore each other. It's really awkward. They've got a timer on saying, like, number of minutes that they've not spoken to each other. She tries to, like, get out of him how much he loves her, and he's just like, no, I'm not going to even reveal how I feel about you whatsoever. It's so awkward. It's weird because Flair, like, he can't act like the camera's not on. It's because the camera's on him, so there he has to be, like, Ric Flair, and he has to be like, oh, no, I don't love my daughter. Woo! You know, he can't, he can't be, like, the loving dad. And he's not even fucking driving either. He's just sitting staring at the window. Yeah. Anyone where they're falling asleep as well is like generally dangerous. Oh yeah, the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens one is just yeah. upsetting. Yeah, Alicia Fox, like, I'm a little bit too sleepy to text behind the wheel, guys. Can someone just take this and go put my eyes down for a second? Like, yeah. That's your worst programming though. I'm going to say the story time, that animated show that they do. Because honestly, like, we've, uh, you and Dan did animation for Cinema Swirl. Mm. Like, legitimately, we've done it on a shoestring budget that manages to mask the fact that it's on a shoestring budget more than story time, which yeah. is the bottom of the barrel, like, clip art. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't know all the wrestlers were clip art, but they were there already, like. What was that show that Corey Graves did? Was it Culture Shock? That's the one. That's the worst one. Whoa, I'm, sh I'm here to shock you. I'm going to a Comic Con. <laughs> and I'm going to meet a lot of cool people. Wow. Around the time that we started our Patreon, we were looking for more things to cover and review for content. And I think we started watching that and then we went, no. 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 Holy Foley. Is oh, no, not Holy Foley. Or as I like to call it, oh, no, Lee Foley. <laughs> It's really like, yeah, that, that shattered the, the, the myth I had. Like, if, if I was 10 years old and someone came back and showed me an episode of that, I would have stopped watching wrestling. Yeah. Like, so everything is a lie. No more of this for me. Thanks. Frank the Clown is there. Ah, I forgot it. Oh, man. Do you ever have a repressed memory come out so fast it gives you, like, a whiplash effect? God. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, got any other questions in the crowd there? Yeah, you man over to the right-hand side, please. Yeah. Um, I just I just went to ask since um, recently we had the like um, Sasha and Becky angle where like you had them like split up and then get back together, but 
they go back together with Sasha saying she loved Becky, and it just seemed to oh no, not yeah. Becky, sorry, Sasha mm. Bailey. Yeah, and yeah, just, Sasha and Bailey. Yeah. And it just seemed to go nowhere, and I was wondering like. What are your opinions on storylines that seem to suggest something and then just drop it? Yeah, that was definitely the most alluding to, like, like and next week we're going to really get... No, they're just tag team partners. I mean, mm. I think it's healthy to say that you love your friends. Yeah, we do and, that all, yeah. often with all our friends. Billy, Adam, all my friends in the back, Dan, I love you guys. Alice, okay, Alex, Alex I love yeah. you guys, yeah. Good idea to tell your friends you love them. But I mean, they, yeah. they weren't doing that in like a, you should no. tell your friends you love them. Yeah, it was a kind of implied romantic thing. Yeah, when you tell your friends you love them, oh, Sam, I love you and Joe as well. Oh, God. <laughs> I've got too many friends. Oh, so but, many. You know, someone's going to be left out now. I've just lost a Christmas present right here. <laughs> but I think, yeah, when they like, when they say that, you shouldn't get the response from the crowd going, ooh. <laughs> that's not the noise you make when two friends say they love each other. Mm. That's like when you think, oh, you know, we're going to get some hot action on our screen. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like they were, they were baiting them in more ways than one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, right, any other questions? Uh, let's see, gentlemen in the front row here. We have to make the Usher walk lots, you know. <laughs> Got to get them 10K steps in. So you mentioned in wrestling, like the never say never type thing. In yep. terms of how-to episodes, is there sort of any ones you really don't want to do? In terms of... Uh, there are definitely ones we don't want to I do. We've only done a few of the ones we don't want to do. <laughs> Certain people call Chris. What's that? Certain people call Chris, maybe. Oh, oh no, we, we're we, going to do yeah. it. Yeah. I we're doing a Chris yeah. Benoit episode, yeah. absolutely. And it probably won't be too long. No, I mean, I think when we do Chris, it's going to have to be almost two separate episodes. Mm. And I think almost we will release them at the same time because I don't want to imply you should listen to one before the other. You know, don't listen to both at the same time and see if they'll sync up or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Secret message hidden. But like in terms of like him as a wrestler, I think like, yeah, it's important to talk about that. I think, but at the same time, I couldn't in good conscience release that episode. But at the same time, releasing another episode where it's like, here's what he did. And more importantly, the media's reaction to it, the company's reaction to it. Like, look, at it's 10 years now. You know, it's just gone past the 10 year anniversary. And kind of looking like, if something that happened in wrestling today with the WWE PR machine the way it is, like, I think you'll be shocked to see how they handled it. Oh, I bet I will be. And yeah. like, the people they sent out, the, the talking points that people were given, the way the media, like, the media literally at one point, like, John gave an interview where he was like, there's no steroids in wrestling. And then they, they literally clipped it together. So it's like, I took steroids in <laughs> wrestling. You know, Mr. Cena, Mr. Cena, no! Like, you know, it was. <laughs> It, it was really bad. So, like, I think it's fascinating subject material. And if you don't mind me saying so, if we can get through talk about Vince McMahon in one piece, we can mm. certainly get through that as well, you know? So I think there's nothing that we wouldn't do. But now that we're both full-timing, we're able to, like, kind of dedicate more time and energy. There's, Vince Russo or McMahon never would have been done if we weren't both doing this full-time. Never. I think there are <laughs> yeah. certain wrestlers that maybe aren't big enough stars to warrant their own episodes but we've been talking about that and we were considering maybe at some point doing like mini episodes on like wrestlers that we want to talk about but this maybe doesn't justify a full episode yeah we still get hate for doing a D.L. Brown episode <laughs> and to those people I say you better recognize <laughs> the lack of good opinions you have <laughs> all right um any other questions please in the uh, yes the lady in the red at the back yeah lady in the red there yeah yeah. Um, so, had a lot of fun this afternoon, but I think that one of you does actually have a question for the other. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. 
Shit, no, pennies. All righty. Oh, nice. oh, yeah, so my question. Um, I wanted to ask you, Kevin, what you thought were the long-term implications of a no-deal Brexit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I recognise your question is very important, Joan. I do think it's very important that we do consider the long-term effects of uh, no-deal Brexit, but uh, no-deal is better than no-deal. Um, and people are tired of hearing from experts, so that's enough for me, really, on that front. But thank you very much for your question. I really appreciate that. Okay, uh, we've got time for five minutes for our last few quick-fire questions. Anyone in the crowd there? Yes. Young man, let's stand up, please. Let people see that hockey top. There you go. The shirt, mate. Yeah. Tur turn around so Joe can see. <laughs> I was 12 years old wearing that woolen garb. Are you serious? And two grown ass men came up to me and went, Do you really get to suck it? <laughs> went out of rotation after that, that shirt. But sorry, yes, your question, sir. That's all right. My friend actually gave this to me for free. Some yeah. friend. Nice. <laughs> Some friend he is. But, um, <laughs> yeah, my question is. Um, do you think the wrestling business should be um, family orientated? Uh, not family orientated. Um, should be a family business, because you get things like the Von Erics, where there are a lot of suicides, bits and pieces like the bits and pieces like that. And you also Jake Roberts family. Mm. Oh, so you don't mean like that. a family business and family oriented? You mean like family? Yeah, run. Fam family run, like family business. Mm, I mean, from my perspective on that, it's like. There's good sides and bad sides to that, I guess. But if you look at any wrestling family, like there was a DVD that came out a few years ago. I say a few, it's like 10 now. And it was like wrestling's most important families. And every one of them was like, had a moment where it faded to black and white. But dude, you didn't know. Like, everyone has got some sad story. And like, honestly, the thing I think that's most fucked up about wrestling being a family business is when I hear about Paige taking bumps when she was like nine years old and now she's got scoliosis. And you know, if it's a family business, maybe the family should fucking know a little bit better than that. You know, I don't know. I think if it's a family business, it's more likely to stagnate. I think like one of the best things that's happened is going to get taken out of context. One of the best things that's happened to like the WWE is Triple H like wedging his way in there mm -hmm. to like just to question the authority of there being one person who can have any say whatsoever. But you know, wrestling families are great, but they often have high expectations on the kids. You look at Ric Flair's family, Charlotte's done great, but there's a lot of sad stories in there as well. For every happy story of a wrestling family, there's at least two or three sad ones. So. I don't think wrestling family run businesses is a great idea because it immediately stifles diversity. Mm. It's very hard to be a properly diverse company if it's family run. God, a, an episode on nepotism in wrestling <laughs> where you look at all the awful sons and daughters like, who have come through the There are too front. many. Oh, there are simply too many. Yeah, but that's no, a really good question. Um, we've got time for maybe one or two more in the corner over there, please. Yes. I'd just be curious to hear uh, when you choose an episode Joe's research in terms of what that actually consists of, what, what, what you listen to, what you look at, how long you spend on that. So I don't have to do as much research as Kevin. He has all the actual hard stuff he has to do. I sometimes will Google a wrestler and see if I can find the interesting tidbits, but I've learned the hard way that that can actually take a lot of the fun out of it. Especially if a wrestler has died and I don't know. You know that can be a, a proper laugh. <laughs> that was then. not fun. Don't pretend that was fun. 
I feel so bad for doing it's that. It's fun for our audience. Yeah. Got to hear my genuine reaction. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Capture lightning in a bottle. Um, so I don't, I don't tend to do that as much as I used to. Um, we obviously watch all the matches. Um, and if there's anything in particular, I kind of have questions for Kevin. I, I will sometimes ask him beforehand, or I might check with him if I can Google certain things or find out certain things about their lives. But mainly now, I just I just watch the matches and I form my opinions and I kind of alienate myself as much as possible from anything else. Yeah, we kind of try to make up like a watching list, basically, essentially, mm. and like not necessarily like the matches we talk about. We won't necessarily talk about every match we've watched. Sometimes we'll watch a few other extra matches along the way. But what we're actually really been able to do recently, and it's really great because it's, it's such a fabulous time to be a wrestling fan or a podcaster because there's so many great resources. If you want to really go in depth on someone. Like, for instance, uh, Kevin Owens, who we're doing next. We've already watched, like, two documentaries that WWE have done. We've got Cole Cabana's podcast lined up to listen to. Like, there's so many ways to get different aspects of someone's career. So we have a bit more time now. We'll often, if there is a documentary on someone, it's good. We will dip in and have a watch of it to see kind of what the company's take is on the person. But, yeah, I kind of... we. We have tried to cut down the number of matches in some cases, but instead what happens is we just kind of cut down the number of matches we actually talk about. Yeah. We'll still watch a few more matches, but I think watching six matches and talking about six matches then a whole podcast is just talking about matches. Yeah. And that's not really what it's about, so yeah. Uh, right, well, that's obviously a great high point to end on, but we do have time for one last one. <laughs> uh, yes, Brian, I believe, yes. Um, what do you consider the happiest story to ever come out of wrestling? Oh... Ended on a tough one. Oh, okay. Um, there's a story of a, a young man who came to this country nearly 10 years ago who simply wanted to podcast and introduce a girlfriend to wrestling. Many girlfriends fell asleep attempting to watch wrestling at one in the morning, but one stuck it out. Her name is Joe Gray. <laughs> That's the happiest story as far as I'm concerned, because I'm selfish. Aww. It was going to be Elvis and Mandy, but I ruined yeah. that. You ruined that. Thanks, Thanks Kevin. Uh, Macho Man and Liz, Alina. <laughs> I don't know, it's so difficult because there's so many lovely romances that have come out of wrestling. Like, Miz and Maurice, is, other than how they met, is so cute. Mm. I love them. But not necessarily just a romance, just like a happy story or thing that's happened in wrestling that you think is maybe very happy. Oh, what well, that's made me happy. What do you think is objectively happy? The New Day are objectively happy. That's true. They've made the world a brighter place for lots of people. Well, I think that's honestly, I think the happiest story in wrestling is the fact that, you know, if you're a fan who was watching maybe in the 90s, you heard, you know, wrestlers were drinking whiskey and doing cards and drugs backstage, and now they're like, you know, getting stuff for their YouTube channels. Aiden English just launched a whiskey review channel. That's, that's what the drinking culture is now in WWE. And I think the fact that wrestling got a bit nicer, there's still a lot of problems there, but the fact that it has shifted its way from that kind of carny, smoky rooms and more towards a, a more open and vibrant and inclusive place, I think that's wrestling's happiest story. Aww. To timer just hit zero. That's how you finish a live show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. <laughs>